Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. All right, everyone, thank you uh, for tuning into this episode of Idleman Unplugged. As you can see, we have the Pastors Unplugged here for pastors, uh, where I talk about real issues that affect pastors today, and then Idleman Unplugged, uh, contending for truth in a postmodern culture. And uh, my one of my favorite guests that I've uh, going to, well, I haven't had you on the podcast yet, I don't think, but you're, you're going to be one of my favorite guests for sure. Uh, my friend, Dr. Michael Brown, uh, thank you for joining us on this podcast of Idleman Unplugged. Oh, my joy, my joy to finally be with you. And a lot of people don't know, but we've been friends now for what, six years, uh, mainly, mainly online, but had a few times in person. It's been, it's been incredible. And I, I definitely a mentor of mine, uh, bouncing a lot of things off and, and shooting me straight sometimes when I need it. And, uh, so appreciate that. But we're going to talk, I want to jump right into, I have a list of questions here. So if you see my mind going this way, I'm looking at the questions to make sure we stay on track. And I'm going to try to go, uh, live on Instagram here to see if people have some questions. So if you're tuning in live on Instagram, put your questions here in the comments and then I'll try to get to those maybe at the end or as they come in with Dr. Michael Brown, you can go on and watch my podcast to see, uh, the full picture there. Uh, so anyway, the rapture, the rapture, the rapture, there's a new term out there. It's called rapture anxiety. And I'll be preaching on that coming up. And uh, that's why we want to do the podcast. Uh, you know, a lot of people worried, of course, if they're not prepared. Uh, and then we get in arguments, which uh, that's why I appreciate your heart, because you can have a strong stance, but we don't have to divide over it. And uh, a, a month or so ago, you put me in touch with Sam Storm. And so we talked about all millennialism, where really they believe the millennial is here. And there is a rapture, obviously. But when is that when is that happening? And then we have the pre-tribulation uh, view, which is you know, we're out of here basically before the wrath of God is poured out. And so God can judge Israel, uh, the dispensationalism view. And then the view that you held hold to is the, um, which would, I guess, be after post-tribulation view of the rapture when the church is coming up. And um, I'm just going to let you go here and just admit, but something that's always been interesting is be, when you brought it up, I've always struggled with, you know, a lot of things as far as, you know, for example, all these rapture ver- verses, you can use those for, for the final coming verses. I mean, there, it's like, well, there's, you know, there's not two comings. There's not, you can't apply the rapture verses, you know, during this time in history. And then now let's apply these, uh, final, you know, return of Jesus verses. It's almost like you got to use them one or the other. And then also in chapter four of Revelation, so many teachers and that I love, you know, Chuck Smith, David Jeremiah, people I respect. I said, well, see here, the church is now up in heaven. It's not mentioned anymore. Here's a proof text for the rapture. And I'm like, well, that I don't think so. I mean, that doesn't. So all these things over the years have never really made sense, because when I read the Bible, it seems like this final crisis coming, this return, this catching away. It, it, it's all one cataclysmic event versus 
you know, here and then seven years. And I've got questions on Daniel, you know, that seven weeks of Daniel and, and how, and we'll get into that. But anyway, I want to give people the, the setup here, uh, for my view. And actually, I'm, I'm not strong on either. I'm, I'm kind of searching. I'm just a country preacher preaching on revival. I don't get too deep into the theological waters. Uh, but I think it is important because final, final thought. I don't want to tell my kids, Hey, don't worry. You're going to be out of here before this gets tough and you see all this stuff. What about if they're not? Can you imagine how that would hurt the faith of so many people? You know, it, promising them they're out of here, then, then what else are the, that you've been teaching on the faith doesn't make any sense. You know, so that's kind of where I, I stood. And then I, I came across your book, Not Afraid of the Antichrist and how you believe we will see the Antichrist. We will go through that tribulation. God will preserve us in his wrath, just like he did with the Egyptian, Israel in, in Egypt. So that's kind of sets it up for you. But I don't know if you want to comment on, you know, why your view is after the tribulation versus the common view. And of sure. course, I know the common view is it came from the Schofield Bible, really late 1800s. You know, before that, I can't find any church fathers who, you know, believe that. Yeah. So in short, uh, I got saved in a strongly pre-trib church. And in fact, yeah. I heard the pre-trib rapture message before I even heard the full gospel message, because that's what my friends were telling me about. He's coming any minute and we're going right. to be caught out of here and so on. And Hal Lindsey's book, Late Great Planet Earth, was like a big sensation back then, late 60s, early 70s. So I knew that that was gospel to me. And by the time I was saved for two years, I had read the Bible cover to cover about five times. And I had the habit of memorizing 20 verses a day and did that for right. over six months, which meant I had memorized at that point uh, with other verses I memorized, probably over 4,000 verses. And you could ask me why I believed anything. And I give you verse after verse. I didn't have all the wisdom and compassion you needed, but I machine right. gun with scripture. So yeah. a, a friend I'd led to the Lord in high school said, Mike, I, I don't understand like the rapture and the second coming, how that works out in Matthew 24. So we read it together and, and I was a little confused about how to separate things. And I thought, well, I guess I don't really know this subject well. And the elders in the church know it well. So I went out and bought books. I bought J. Dwight Pentecost books, uh, Things to Come. I bought the, the right. books written by John Walvoord and, and the old dispensationalist W.E.B., you know, just the initials would be used, or Clarence Larkin with his charts, and I mastered it. I became super dogmatic in my youthful zeal, and this is the right teaching, and all the other teachings are erroneous and not true to Scripture. And then I'm in the Lord maybe four years plus, and someone gives me a book, written by a guy saying, you know, like a detective kind of study and, hey, go mm -hmm. back in time and you don't find this taught through church history in any clear way until the 1830s and these sisters prophesying in Scotland and that's when it begins. Well, the book didn't persuade me of that, but it raised a question. And I asked myself, why is it that everything else I believe, years ago I could tell you exactly why, boom, 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 boom. But this, I had to read books to figure it out. So that's when right. I said, wait a second, I didn't get this from the Bible. I got this from books. So I went right. back and read the word again, dug into the Greek and concluded there's no such thing as a pre-trib rapture. It's, it's a myth. Now, having said that, I have dear friends who hold to a pre-trib rapture and it's absolutely no issue between us. There are people I've worked with, literally friends, coworkers for as much as 40 years. And I don't, I don't actually know what they believe on this. The conversation has never come up. Right. So it's right. nothing we divide over. If I say things 
clearly, dogmatically, that's just my understanding. I'm not condemning someone else or saying you don't love the word or you don't love the Lord or you're not spiritual. No, no, yeah. But as far as being ready, Shane, here's what we know. Everyone who's predicted a date for the return of Jesus thus far has been wrong, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of it's a date that's already happened, they've been wrong. On the other hand, every human being who's ever lived has died. So we don't know. We could die in a second. None of us have a promise on tomorrow. So we live in readiness to be with the Lord because we love him. At the same time, there are people being tortured to death for their faith, and Jesus didn't rapture them out. People buried alive for their faith. Jesus didn't rapture them out. Christians who love the Lord dying of agonizing diseases, screaming and howling. Jesus didn't rapture them out. The idea that before it gets really bad, we'll be out of here Mm -hmm. is a very foreign idea. Romans 8, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? What's the first thing on the list? Shall tribulation? No. What does Jesus say in John 16, 33? In this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And when you said, you know, you can't use a verse here, rapture here, second coming here. There is not a second coming and a third coming. We are waiting for the parousia. That is the arrival of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, the literal presence of the Lord on the earth. When a plane is nearing an airport, it has not arrived until it hits the ground. We are waiting for their arrival of Jesus. When he appears in the clouds for the whole world to see, we will now go out to meet him, to escort him back. The whole world will see us resurrected, glorified. We will go up to meet him and escort him back. We are always subject to the wrath of man and the wrath of Satan. As for the wrath of God, the end of Isaiah 26 says, go into the inner chamber and hide yourself until the wrath passes by. The book of Revelation says explicitly, for example, the ninth chapter, that plagues are put up, but not on the ones who are marked, marked. by God. Yeah. And as to the idea that Revelation 4.1 is a hint about the rapture, first, it's just a door opens to heaven and John ascends. That's all it says. It doesn't say anything about a church mm-hmm. ascending. Second, it says... After these things, after Jesus gives messages to the seven churches, right? That's when it actually happens. And when people say, yeah, but there's no reference of the ecclesia on earth after Revelation 2 and 3. Well, there's no reference to the ecclesia in heaven either. The word is only used in those couple of chapters because it's talking to the seven churches there in Asia Myers. So once you pull back from it, again, with all respect to those who differ, to the men and women of God, to the Jesus lovers who are passionate about a preacher of rapture, once you step back and read it afresh without all the other teachings. It's like dominoes just fall. fall it's yeah. not there in the Bible. And, and I remember when I was first kind of challenged, I challenged myself because I was taught, you know, I went to Calvary chapels, Dr. David Jeremiah, all these, you know, and I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a, a person who would disagree with you on the next podcast. Of course, you know, the pre, pre, um, uh, the, the rapture will be before the tribulation. But, and I didn't like to be like, like, this is what I believe kind of leave me alone. But then the Bible just, to me, it didn't make as much sense because a lot of people would say, well, hey, man, we're not appointed to wrath. So God's not going to, but that, but doesn't that verse appoint, uh, deal with final judgment? Like yeah, since the conception, yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with the, the bull judgment, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments. We're, the appointed to wrath means the final day of God judging the unbelievers. So I think right. that and verse Paul, has been thrown Paul out of context. Paul says to the Thessalonians twice, 
What's the use of telling them 2,000 years ago they're not appointed to go through the tribulation where they're going to be dead 2,000 years at least before a tribulation? Yeah. Of course, right, it's exactly. final wrath, final judgment. But, you know, if you just if someone just read it in Greek, right? And, of course, there are Greek scholars who differ in their interpretation. But you're just reading Greek. You're reading in 1 Thessalonians 4, famous rapture verse, right? That the dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. When is this? This is at the parousia and are gathering together to him. Then Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians 1 that we will receive rest when? When the Lord comes in blazing fire, taking vengeance on those who don't know God. That's when he'll be glorified among us. So that's a, a public event. And then 2 Thessalonians 2, Paul says, hey, I, I want you to be misinformed. Like there's some secret thing happened that you missed. He said, because when I'm talking to you about the parousia and our gathering to him, that day will not happen until the man of sin is revealed and the great rebellion, the apostasy, takes takes place. It's not talking about that will be raptured out. The word does not mean that, cannot mean. It's talking about a falling away from the faith, a departure from the faith. So he explicitly says, remember, the same Paul. He's, he's talking about the parousia. What, when, what happens then? We're going to be gathered to meet the Lord in the air. Paul says that day will not come. The parousia and our gathering to meet him will not come until the man of sin is revealed and the great rebellion happens. And then what mm. happens? The Lord will destroy the Antichrist well, with his parousia, with his coming. It's the Returning, same Returning, yeah. What, what does Paul say in 2 Timothy 4? We are longing for his appearing. It's yes. not a secret yep. event. It's not a hidden event. The whole Think well, of it, the vindication of God's people, his persecuted people, when the whole world sees the Son of God come in glory and in mm-hmm. front of their eyes, we go out as the, the entourage to greet him. First Thessalonians 4, the Greek word there is, is often used to meet him in the air. The entourage that, that welcomes someone back. So the emperor or a royal mm. official is, is coming into the city. So the crowd goes out to meet him and escort right. him in. That's what we'll do in glorified bodies with the Lord in flaming fire, mm-hmm. judging the wicked. You talk about a glorious event, a glorious oh, yeah, hope, and absolutely. we'll be like him forever. Wow. Well, and you just made a great point that I've thought before, like if I'm reading that, you know, we're going to wait for his glorious appearing, right? So that's not talking about the rapture. They would say, no, that's different. But how is it different? Because that would be a glorious appearing. I'm going to see out Christ. But then we're gonna, he's coming again in seven years. I mean, it just... It just doesn't make sense with the, the different scriptures you have. Uh, but also when in Thessalonians, when he talks about when that which is restrained is removed, you know, some translations have a lowercase he, and we're going to be all over the place, I'm sure, but that's okay. Uh, when that, when that is, rest, when that restraining force is removed, people say that's when the Holy Spirit is removed, but I don't, I don't know if the Holy Spirit's ever removed from the earth because he's drawing people, he's convicting of people. Course. What, what do you, what do you say that restraining force is? Right. So there are, as Craig Keener, my co-author in Not Afraid of the Antichrist, one of the world's foremost New Testament scholars, his Acts commentary is roughly 6,000 pages long. Mm-hmm. So it was a miracle that we could write this in readable form yeah. and keep it like 220, 30 pages, something like that. So Craig says there are probably like 30 different interpretations to who the restrainer is. It's clearly wow. not the Holy Spirit because no one can be saved without the Holy Spirit's activity. And yet we read in the book of Revelation of a multitude that no one can number coming out of great tribulation right. in Revelation, the seventh chapter. So people can only be saved by the Holy Spirit. Uh, there are numerous interpretations, but it, in, in the Greek, it's a what and it's a he. 
so it's it's two different things that are spoken of that are related. And some suggest that it has to do with with uh, a governing official like law and order and the restraint of law and order. In other words, if you take uh, you take someone like an evil ruler like Saddam Hussein oh, man. in Iraq, he's taken out of the way. And, yeah. and then because you did not have a, 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 an order that could replace it that was stable in that part of the world, you right. have forces like yeah. ISIS, all types of chaos break Crazy. out. It could be something that simple. That the restraint and the restraint and the reason Paul doesn't mention it by name is it could be taken as if he's talking about overthrowing Caesar, overthrowing the right. government or something like that. It could be that simple. And now the man of sin, that the, he is lawless. So now lawlessness mm-hmm. will break out because law and order and, and lawful rulership has been removed. It could be that simple. And so do you think the Antichrist, I mean, the actually Revelation doesn't even use the word Antichrist. You know, it's the beast. It's the, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the imagery here. But we just kind of put that term together because John said uh, the spirit of Antichrist. And it's going to be seems like a one world leader. Would you think it's part of the, the, the LGBTQ a disdain for women? Or is that more like Muslims have a disdain for women? Uh, some, you know, some extreme Muslims. I mean, you have a verse in Daniel about that. Honestly, I don't speculate. Uh, okay. You know, there's there's argument that the Antichrist will will have to be Jewish, you know, a false messiah. Hmm. There are views that the Antichrist will be Islamic, and and hence a world leader that could broker a deal with Israel to rebuild the the temple where the the Dome of the Rock currently is. There are others who argue that he has to be European. Yeah. I don't know. It does seem clear that there will be a world ruler, and what we saw, Shane, during COVID, whatever one's views are. Ooh. That instantly there was talk of one world health organization. Absolutely. And one yeah. world decisions. And I, I lost friends to COVID. You may have lost friends. I'm mm-hmm. not downplaying the seriousness yeah. of it. But in terms of overall plagues, epidemics, it was fairly oh, minor in terms yeah. of loss of life. Think if we have a time of famine, economic crisis, and even a, a plague of some kind, and somebody can say, I can fix this. I mean, we saw how tens of millions of Americans gave place to fear, did things that may have even been irrational. And, and that was, in a sense, a minor test, although it, Absolutely. it took precious lives. What, yeah. what if it's something much more intense? What it indicated to me was overnight, you could have a one world government overnight. Oh, People yeah. were, I mean, unbelievers were whatever it takes, whatever it takes in the fear. And I could be wrong on this, but I, I, and I've, I've had research a few times. I still want to look into it, but I, it sounds like Biden is considering or might already sign over our sovereignty in that area to the World Health Organization when another pandemic hits. So I believe the, the, the dialogue has already been established, you know. Yeah. And, um, and you follow this much more carefully than I, than I have. And you, you are much more health oriented and educated than I am. But, you know, look, people have even talked about artificial intelligence, right? The oh, rise of robots. I, I do believe that ultimately the man of sin, the Antichrist, is a man fully demonized, you know, taken over by Satan himself. But, but what means Absolutely. will be used? Uh, look, we don't know when these things no. are going to unfold and happen, but for sure we, we see how it could happen. It's not just a, sure. a pipe dream now. Uh, the key thing is, here's the deal. The blood of Jesus is always enough. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is always enough. Uh, we, Craig and I both researched to make sh- sure this was accurate, but Corey Ten Boom told the story 
that uh, missionaries in China before the rise of communism had assured the believers there that before things got really bad, they would be raptured oh, yeah. out. So not I've to heard fear. That. And then the yeah. bamboo curtain comes up. They suffered for a whole generation unspeakable atrocities and horrors. And, and when that bamboo curtain rose, many of the leaders were upset mm. with the missionaries saying, you told yeah, us we'd be out of them. here first. You say, Oh, but that's different than the wrath of God. Well, the wrath of God we're protected from. This is never an issue. Just like God right. protected the children of Israel in Egypt, the plagues were poured out on the Israelites and, and uh, on the Egyptians and not on the Israelites. Even with Noah, God didn't take Noah out of the world. He just gave he him an ark through it. to survive. The, yeah. He was in the flood, just survived it. The same with Lot. He didn't take them out of the world. He just brought them to a nearby city to survive mm -hmm. the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. God knows how to protect his people. Isn't that written in 2 Peter 2? He knows yep. how to keep his people. So we trust him for that. But otherwise, whoever said we'd be exempt from hardship, from, from hatred, from death, from suffering? No, that's our lot in this world. But with yeah. the Lord, he is more than enough. And the escapist mentality, uh, Shane, I, I, don't, I don't want to mention a name because this is a, a good man. I heard yeah. a message preached by a nationally respected pastor during COVID, in the early stages of COVID, so before he had really taken as many lives. And, and early on, he was repeating a, a false prophecy that COVID was going to mm -hmm. abate and diminish by Passover. Yep, I remember. So mid-April yeah. of 2020, if you remember that. And it was just ramping up. Yeah. Right. Just ramping Way up. Off. And, and yeah. he said, he said, but don't worry. If this gets really bad, we'll be out of here first. And I thought, wait a second. Right now, Christians, <laughs> be it from sickness or from persecution, are suffering terrible, horrific, unspeakably difficult things. And they haven't been raptured out of here. Oh, but, oh, if COVID gets a little worse, we'll be out of here. That's an unhealthy mentality. And then sure. when he said, well, you may say I'm an escapist. He said, I am. I'm a biblical escapist. And he quoted Luke 21, pray that you can escape all these things. Well, you can escape something without having to leave. You can escape what happens to others by being in right relationship with God. Even Revelation 3.10, which is always quoted, Jesus told the church of Philadelphia, I'll keep you from the hour of trial coming on the whole earth. My first question is, okay, what did that mean to the church he spoke it to 2,000 years ago? It had to have some relevance, right? But if you say, no, that's a yeah. picture of the end time church, etc. Well, the, 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 the Greek verb and then the preposition from, keep from. That is found mm -hmm. only one other time in that form in the entire Bible. John 17, 15, where Jesus prays for his disciples and said, Father, to keep them I am not praying that you take them out of the world. I am not asking that you take them out of the world, wow. but that you keep, keep them. them from the evil one. Right. He can keep us from the evil one right here in this world. That is the God that we serve. And I and I think most people, you know, that believe in the the pre tribulation rapture would would agree with a lot of that their their big thing is, but we're not going to receive God's wrath. So the the answer to that is God would preserve us when those judgments take place. And then the other thing is, well, we have to be out of here in order for God to fulfill His plan with Israel. And I often wonder why 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 couldn't God? It's still? side by side. It's always side yeah. by side. That's the yeah, error of dispensationalism. There has always been right. a remnant saved by grace. Hey, many of these dispensationalists rightly predicted the return of the Jewish people to the land. 
as did non-dispensationalists in the 1800s like Charles Spurgeon and J.C. Ryle. They both predicted it, and Ryle said from what he could understand from Scripture, this is a great Anglican leader, holiness preacher, Ryle said that from what he could understand from Scripture, the Jewish people would come back to the land first in unbelief, and then would would meet the Messiah. So he's really predicted it (laughs) the way it unfolded. But here's the deal. The regathering has happened over the last hundred plus years, uh, right here during the quote church age. Mm-hmm. And as a Jewish believer myself, I can say that God continues to work decisively in many ways in Israel and among the Jewish people. It's never been two separate ages. It's all, it's always been God right. building his ecclesia, his body of believers, Jew and Gentile in Jesus Yeshua, while continuing to work with the lost sheep of the house of Israel and with the nations. It's all hand in hand. It's all side and- by side. And isn't our love for Christ supposed to fuel their jealousy? Yes. So how is that possible if we're out of here? Exactly. Romans eleven twenty five. it's on the heels of and provoked by as a consequence of the fullness of the Gentiles that all Israel is saved. Yeah. Of, okay. of course, it is hand in hand. So these are. Okay. And then who's there if if the whole body is raptured out? Then who is there to bear witness? What's the multitude of Gentiles? And think of it, they're all allegedly getting saved without the Holy Spirit. And the cost of being saved is being beheaded. Mm -hmm. But now with the Holy Spirit, without being beheaded, people are not being saved. It's It just breaks down on every front. And again, I say that with all respect and love for my brothers and sisters who differ with me. Yeah. And, and I've got mainly my church leadership. You know, we disagree. Well, I, I don't want to say I disagree because I'm still in the process of like, I'm just looking at everything and both to me, he's coming in, he's coming again. Are you ready? You know, that's, that's what I focus on and preparing people for yes. tribulation. But while you're, I just thought something, I don't want to forget it. it, it let's say the, the main argument I think is because when God's wrath is poured out, we have to be out of here. That's why most people believe it, in my opinion, when I talk to them. So, and I, I thought about this, let's say we're out of here, God's wrath is poured out, but people become believers during that tribulation period. And so they're receiving God's wrath, but how, how, how are we out of here? But these new believers have to go through it. It's just so, not right, consistent. So now you have to make this separation. It's got to be consistent with scripture. You know, either God's going to preserve all of his church, but there's not segments of that. Um, and I don't know if we'll have I, I, it's time to pull up the whole verse. A lot of people are already aware of it. If they don't, they can look it up themselves. But the verse in, and I'm always curious your thoughts on this. I don't know if I even talked to you about this yet, but in Daniel, you know, the seven weeks is the big, big one. And I've, man, I've written, read books and things, and it's, it can get a little bit confusing because he who puts an end to sacrifice is Jesus. I mean, we can all agree on that, right? And then, and he will, you know, it's a lowercase e, and then he will bring an end to sacrifice, and he will, and then that, they, they inject the Antichrist into that portion of Scripture. And I don't know how they do that. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that one. Yeah, so, so uh, I've engaged in the question of the, the, the 70 weeks of Daniel and the 70th week for decades because of Messianic prophecy and, and the question of what's written there. So my understanding is that the 70 weeks have their end point with the destruction of the temple in the year 70. And that if there is a negative that's there, one bringing an end to sacrifice. Now, if you remember, lowercase, uppercase is not in the Hebrew anyway. So that's just True. interpreting yeah. in English. It's, it's yeah. all the same in Hebrew. Uh, so clearly in, in, in 924, 
the one who brings about a sacrifice that puts an end to rebellion and brings an everlasting righteousness. That's the work of the Messiah. But uh, when it speaks in the end about the destruction coming and cause uh, sacrifice and offering to cease, that could well be the work of the Roman em- uh, emperor mm-hmm. that brings destruction on Jerusalem uh, at the end of what would be the 70th week in the year 70. So that to me is the best way to understand that, that Daniel's given a vision of what's going to happen from the rebuilding of the second temple until its final destruction. And, and that's all that's being spoken of. If there is a future Antichrist and the 70th week is kind of repeated, just like Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, refer to the events with the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 and also point to the Lord's return at the end of the age. Let's just say that there is kind of a recapitulation. Well, this would be there will be a third temple built and it will be destroyed. But what does that have to do with the question about the people of God, the saints? Nothing whatsoever. And to reiterate, if, if someone, quote, gets saved during the tribulation, but the church has been raptured out, right? There's only one way of salvation. That's through the blood of Jesus. There's not an alternate way of salvation in tribulation or by good works. If good works could save, Jesus doesn't have to die. And there's only one Bible. So they're reading the Bible and God's not appointed us to wrath. It's like, well, why did the other guys get out? How is it that they got out? But we don't get out. It's the same blood, the same Savior, the same promise. Again, you have to split things. And that's what I realized reading through Matthew 24, that it's talking about believers. Yes, there's some for those in the first century and some for those at the end of the age. But it's talking to the same people and in particular Jewish believers that are, that are living in, in, in Israel and, and are going to have to, to flee for their lives at a certain point because of the chaos that's coming, another way that God protects his people. Um, that, that's what threw me early on when my friend asked me about it. It's like, oh, it's, it's like two different groups. It's like, hey, Shane, I want to talk to you about something. Oh, then Shane, I want to talk to you about something else. But the second time I said Shane, I meant somebody else. I, I, I meant right, another yeah. pastor named Shane in Louisiana. It's like, there's no, how can you communicate in that way? Right. right. It, it, you know, you're telling your wife, hey, honey, when you're at the grocery store, could you get this? Also, honey, do you mind? Oh, I meant two different honeys. I was, it's, yeah. we, no one communicates like that. And yet we make it as if God's communicating like that. Right. I think the fear factor of, of God's wrath, I mean, obviously, you know, we don't want to be here for that. It's what I think goes through the minds of many people. But what do you, what's your take on the 144,000, a legitimate number or more of a com- number of completion? And that's during the tribulation, correct? You know, yeah, so. I, I see that as symbolic, 12 times 12. Yeah. Remember, the book of Revelation is filled with symbolism. And Absolutely. on some level, it had to have meaning for the believers in the first century. They would certainly see beast antichrist type images of of Caesar or the Roman emperor and all the evil he was bringing, especially during times of persecution. So they would read it all symbolically in that regard. Let's say at the end of the age, it'll it'll even have a more literal meaning. But still, the numbers, the 12 times 12, 12, 12,000 times 12, it's symbolic of the fullness of Israel. As I understand it, Revelation 7 is the fullness of the of Israel and the fullness of the Gentiles, what Paul speaks about in Romans 11, 25, and 26. All right, perfect. And then also been mean to, to uh, ask you about this as well, if I can uh, explain it. Um, with the, uh, the 144,000, 
if it's let's say it's you know numbers it's not necessarily literal there's a lot of numbers and what about the thousand year reign because if you look at all the other seven times that thousand years are mentioned in the bible it's all metaphor it's never a literal thousand years except for this one time yeah so it's a fair question to ask is what i would say is number one there are clearly many prophecies that god gave to israel that have not it been fulfilled, you know, Isaiah 2, that all nations will come streaming to Jerusalem to learn from the God of Israel, or Isaiah 11, that the Messiah will rule and reign, and the wolf will lie down with the lamb, and, and, and a little child will lead them, and they'll do no harm on my holy mountain, right? And the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. Those promises haven't come to pass yet, and Peter in, 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 in Acts 3 says that Jesus must remain in heaven until the time for the restoration of all things spoken of right. by the prophets. And that seems to be separate from the, the eternal age. It, it seems to be separate from the, the new Jerusalem oh, in the see. future. Right. But all I, all I can say is that that is then described in revelation 20, where six times it speaks of a thousand year reign. True. So exactly I, right. I yeah. can't, die on the hill that it's going to be a thousand years but it seems clear those promises will be fulfilled and that zechariah 14 tells us that the survivors of the nations that attack jerusalem will come to jerusalem year by year to worship and celebrate the feast of tabernacles so this is exactly what other prophets spoke about come and and the in point of fact revelation 4 uh, zechariah 14 has not yet come to pass neither is zechariah 12 these are still future. With all respect to my friends who are theologians who say, no, those already come to pass. It's one of the weakest arguments you could make. I mean, you just read Zechariah 12 and read Zechariah 14. Have these come to pass yet in any no, way? No, no way. absolutely no not. Way. Not if scripture means what it says. Not, and, and if we want to, if we want to, point to so much of the Bible and say Jesus literally came when he was supposed to come. He was born of a virgin. He was born in Bethlehem. He, uh, he came at the, at, at the right time frame, etc., etc. We're going to argue for all that and then say everything about the future is symbolic and mystical and, and has no literal meaning. So we recognize, okay, there are symbols, there are numbers, and there are other things that are clear prophecies. Yeah. Zechariah 12, Zechariah 14 among them. And that's what I just actually when I was having this conversation with someone, that's what I said. The other thousand year mentions, you know, uh, one day is but a, a thousand years is but one day to the Lord. And, but this type of millennial thousands, it's mentioned a few different times that contextually yeah. it seems to support it seems to support a, a reign of Christ. And some things still have to be fulfilled uh, for sure. Right. Now, when it says, though, a child will die at 100, is there going to be death during the millennial reign? Yes. Yes. Because he's, Jesus is okay. going to rule with a rod of iron. And, and okay. there will be and Satan and is restrained. Words, a sinner Satan dying restrained. at 100 will be considered like a child. And, and it. and it's, okay. not, it's not an innocent child is going to die at 100. But a sinner who, who, who rebels and is judged dies at 100. They're going to seem just like a child. Right. The days of God's people will be like the days of an oak tree. I mean, just you're yeah. on yeah. and on and on. So it's not the perfect age. Right. It's not eternity where there is no sin. There is no devil. But here's what's fascinating. The question is, why then is the devil released at the end of the thousand years? Uh, with all respect to my friend, uh, Dr. Sam Storms, whom I, I deeply honor and a dear friend. Yeah. You know, we debated this. The idea that Satan is currently bound now is, is, yeah. is utterly unsinkable to me with 
all the destruction is doing with with Peter saying he goes about as a roaring lion seeking we may devour with Paul warning about the deception that he brings in second Corinthians 11 with Jacob James saying resist the devil and he'll flee with Paul writing about the spiritual warfare we're in and on and on and on. So uh, obviously uh, Satan is still yeah. on, on the loose. He has up in bounds. I, I, I did talk to Sam about that. I don't know, maybe he changed a little bit, but he said it has to do with the bounding, has to do with the deception of the nations. So he's, he's active and alive right now. Right. So you're reading something into the text that you'd never get unless someone suggested it. And he is deceiving the nations. So you have to say, well, he's not deceiving them into a final Armageddon war. It's like that's not being called bound. And the description in the Greek is is very clear. You know, he he is he is bound from activity. So, again, with all respect to Sam, you wrote a whole book on amillennialism. To me, that's a forced reading. But the point I was going to make is why will Satan be released at the end? To me, it's the final vindication of the nature of God. Because human beings always say, well, if there wasn't so much suffering, I could believe. Or if God oh, just so he's wicked. removed, he's removed our own sinful nature. The sinners, actually, the sinners will create their own havoc without Satan's involvement. Right. And, and uh, no, not just that, not just that. But they now live in a world with access to God, a world in which there was perfect justice. Right. Mm. A, a world where where it, it was like paradise. And then when Satan is loosed multitudes will rebel they're still like right. i don't want god i don't want god right. reigning over me and that'll be the final proof of the righteousness of god and the sinfulness of man right right uh and then um you're also as we're at towards the end of revelation what what is your view on the revelation is it 19 on the mayor supper the lamb is that believers there and then and then who are the guests to that you know is that israel so separate or, 19 is it's the marriage supper for the birds and the beasts feasting it has on, nothing um, to do with the believers zero yeah what okay. we do see now first I, I with all respect because people make a big deal about where do you put the marriage supper where do you put the marriage supper so i asked them give me your five favorite verses about the marriage supper in the new testament your five favorite have any how about three yeah. favorite one favorite. Well, so it's, it's a big doctrine without a lot of verses right. What I understand is Isaiah 25, 26, when Yeshua sets up his kingdom on the earth, ruling and reigning from Jerusalem, that's when we have the celebration. That's when we drink the new wine. That's when we we celebrate. We have been resurrected. We are forever with the Lord, never to sin. And and now ruling and reigning with him over those that remain uh, on on the earth. Because remember, they're not saved now. They are people that that survived. They didn't attack Jerusalem. They're survivors of the nations. Maybe you can argue there's the sheep and goats judgment, you know, and and that's who enters in, you know, that's all debatable, fascinating discussion, but that to me, the revel. Oh, go ahead. That that to me is when we will now give account to God at, at the beginning of the millennial kingdom and be a portion, you know, rule over this rule over that. And that's when we'll celebrate the marriage supper in Jerusalem with the Messiah ruling and reigning. Okay, but what you mentioned the birds of the field and uh, the birds feeding on the carcasses. That is that. How are you paralleling that one? I missed that one. Oh, that's just Revelation nineteen. That that's oh, not that's the marriage supper. Okay, right. The, the the supper there is for for the the be, the the birds and the beasts to feast okay. on the slain bodies of the wicked. 
what you were talking about then is back in the Gospels where Jesus said, well, you know, the, the, the uh, marriage of the Lamb and, and coming together, eating with the Father and partaking, and that would be at the end of the age. Right. And just a reminder that we don't divide over this. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I like the different views. I like the, the listening to Sam Storm and Dr. Brown and, uh, man, the Gary DeMar has interesting views. You know, there's post-millennial, pre-millennial and, and, uh, uh, you know, that actually society's getting better. Others say society's getting worse. And, uh, we just look at the Bible, look at scripture. I think we clarified the supper of the lamb. We clarified, you know, the, the, uh, the wedding feast in, the Gospels where Jesus said, invite, you know, all those to come and, and, you know, that's basically calling them to repentance, calling them to know the Father. Uh, right. Like sure. those, some of the different parables that are used. Yeah. Not, I don't look at all of those as literal descriptions of a literal wedding feast anymore than I look at a literal man sowing seed. That's the right. illustration of us preaching the gospel. Uh, so there will be a glorious time. There will be a glorious feast with the Lord but not as we're on the way up to heaven or we're feasting in heaven for seven years while everybody's getting slaughtered here on the earth. Yeah. Rather, when the Lord comes and sets up his kingdom and, and he's, right. destroyed, he's destroyed death from all of his people, and now we can sit and rejoice Yeah, the, the, with the king in Jerusalem. That's mm-hmm. where I believe it will happen. So to kind of, I think this will help people. If, if, I, if I repackage uh, from start to finish, and you can chime in uh, if I miss it. But I, what what you're teaching and what the Bible the uh, the book is really good. Not afraid of the Antichrist, uh, and don't people people shouldn't get offended at the subtitle because that was not your idea, right? The subtitle was no the, was title, the publisher. Not afraid of the Antichrist was should have been the, the subtitle. The subtitle is what Craig and I proposed: why we don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Oh, the okay. publisher proposed they wanted to use "Not Afraid of the Antichrist" as the main title. I, I so that insults some people as if we're yeah. saying you're afraid of the Antichrist. That's not our intent. No. And we know that many believers are not afraid of an Antichrist. Unfortunately, many are afraid of a tribulation. And mm-hmm. and what we should all agree on is the word fear not, the promises fear not, they apply tribulation or not, antichrist or not, whatever situation we're in or not, cancer or not, persecution or not, earthquake or not, plague or not. Fear not still applies because we're God's people and we're in his hands. Amen. Amen. But to bring it all around then as believers now, we're we're in 2023. And again, if correct me if I'm wrong, but in your view, things are going to continue to progress. We're obviously going to see the one world system. You see that with digital currency, um, the centralized banks. I mean, it's just so obvious and, and and want to control whether you buy or sell, you know, major platforms like PayPal stopping uh, some people from being being a part of their system. Uh, Chase Bank, well, you know, telling people they can't bank with them, and and so we see this unfolding. Believers is to stay strong, to stay focused on Christ. Me and you, we're praying for revival, another spiritual awakening. But as as the years go by, we don't know exactly how long. There then. You, you, we could see another massive breakout, something like COVID, but even worse. I know Bill Gates and, and different have, have prepared people for this and even talked about the 225 plan or different things. And as that progresses, then it could, you'll see this, this shaping into a one world form of government, a one world leader. And even we see now with the LGBTQ agenda, how, how militant, I mean, it in Los Angeles and Hollywood and these guys are militant. I mean, it, it's getting where you need to accept and bow to our God. And uh, that pressure and that pressure. And so we see it still unfolding to where Christians eventually 
going to be silence from the pulpit. And uh, even as believers, you can't talk about, you got to call them he, she, different pronouns. And, 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 and now that the digital currency is set in place, now we're going to shut down your finances. We're going to, we're going to limit to what you can do as this keeps progressing. And then at that point, we'll be looking for that one world leader who's going to bring peace in the midst of maybe all this f- disease and famine. And there's issues on the farmland and on the resources of the food and, and all these different things happening. We could see that one world leader arise and, and then as he arises and has he, he leads and maybe is he, do you believe he's going to break a, a covenant with Israel and Israel is going to see they've been deceived. And then at the end of all that, that's when God's wrath is poured out and we are still here and the accumulation, Jesus Christ comes at that end point after the wrath of God, after he, the Antichrist is, is, is basically humbled and then Jesus comes and defeats him and we go up at that time. I don't know if I broke that down. Yeah. That's I mean, kind of in my as mind. As best as I understand it, but let me be totally candid. I got saved in 1971, 16 years old, and we were told Jesus is coming any minute. Uh, I I remember the first church service where, you know, you move the clock forward, you move the clock back. Well, I forgot to do it. And I showed up an hour before Sunday school and there was nobody at the building. And I thought, oh, no, I missed the rapture. That's where Mm -hmm. we lived. And, And we were told that it was all lining up then. Everything had fallen into place and nothing was left to happen. Jesus was about to return. So. I'm not cynical and skeptical about his return. I long to see it. It, it remains my great hope that I, yes. that I will not die physically, but I will see his return. That's what I'm yes. living for, working for, yearning for. But I don't even think about how a lot of the things are going to unfold because I remember that Jesus' own disciples couldn't understand that he was going to mm-hmm. die and rise from the dead. Even though we look at passages like Isaiah 53 and say, how could anyone not see it? And he told them, I'm going to die and rise. I know. And they didn't get it. So I focus on what our job is, what our mission is. In terms of the return of the Lord, I don't look for the when as much as the what. What's going to happen on that day? How we're going to be caught up to be with him? How death will be destroyed? how we will be with him forever and ever. And and first John says, we're going to be like Mm -hmm. him. I mean, it's beyond anything we can imagine and, and beyond our wildest dreams. We're going to experience the goodness and presence and grace of God. Uh, So I want to live worthy of that. Second Peter three, Peter's writing to believers who've been dead for 2000 years saying, well, in light of the fact that God's going to Mm -hmm. burn up the heavens and the earth one day, and, and bring a, a new heavens and new earth where righteousness dwells. How should we live today? We should live holy right. and godly lives and thereby speed the return of the Lord. So I want to give myself to the Great Commission. I want to give myself to the salvation of Israel. I want to give myself to building up the church so that we can learn to be one as the Messiah prayed that we would be. And then mm-hmm. have discernment from the Lord. You know, we... Both you and I have been on the front lines of dealing with gay activism for years. You know, me almost 20 years now knowing what was happening in the culture. I've also known there's going to be a pushing back and, and revival in the church in the midst of the darkness. So we, I, I use this analogy to kind of sum it up. In a relay race, you, you, every runner has to run their very best. So let's say it's a mm-hmm. four by 100, right? So yeah. you, you started off, you want to run your very best 100 meters, and, and then you, you give the baton to the next Hand person. Off. Well, let's say yeah. you don't know how many legs there are 
you just have a hundred meter assignment, right? Well, my hope mm-hmm. is at the end of my hundred meters, I get to hand the baton to Jesus when he returns. But if not, yeah, I sure. hand it to you and you hand sure. it to your son and he, until he comes. So I'm going to think in a multi-generational way. I'm going to plan Absolutely. and strategize in a multi-generational way as if we have hundreds of years to, to, to live out the gospel and, and sow righteousness. And I'm going to live with an urgency, believing that the mm. Lord could return in my lifetime and live with that holy tension. Well, let me, let me, we'll end on this. No, let me frame it a different way. Would you say the way I just broke that down is what most uh, post-tribulationists believe? Like that's how they see it playing yeah, out? Yeah, and, and again, I, I, okay. the larger picture you paint, that seems to be how it's going to unfold. Whether there's going to be much more chaos first. We don't know. Uh, how yeah. it's going to lurk. You know, again, I'm reluctant to, 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 to fill in you know, to paint between all these lines when they're not that clear. And when a lot of, yep. I believe the closer we get, the clearer it will get. But those large sure. themes that you described, yes, it seems there has to be that one world government. It seems there has to be yes. some level of, of, of my people Israel being deceived. And, and then, of course, in the midst of this, there's definitely uh, things heating up with an outpouring of human wrath and an outpouring of satanic wrath. And a time mm-hmm. of, of, of really great tribulation, great testing. And then it seems that the final outpouring of God's wrath that seems to be towards the end of that period, the best way to understand Revelation and the final outpouring of wrath. And then again, Revelation 9, to put a seal on, on the foreheads of God's people, just like Ezekiel 9. So when the angel of death went through in Ezekiel yep. 9, uh, killing the, the guilty Jewish people, those that were godly were spared. And that'll be the same. We will never suffer the wrath of God because he knows how to keep his people. Right. Absolutely. That's what I say. uh, We won't absorb the wrath of God directly, but we will be involved in the tribulation and the the demonic attacks and the disease and, you know, terrorism and things like that. You know, that's just part of. But God's wrath will not hit the believer. So totally agree. And again, John 16, 33, in this world. You will have jubilee. Will have. <laughs> Amen. Be encouraged. Amen. I've overcome the world. So that's our, that, that when I work with suffering Christians, they are among the most victorious, overcoming, joyful people I've met. Yes. Because the grace that they experience is amazing. And you almost yeah. think, well, I wish I could know that kind of grace. Uh, and that's what happens. Yes. God's grace is always enough. And we never have the only thing we need fear is God. If we fear him in a healthy, good way, we don't have to fear anyone or anything else. Amen. We we usually have a missionary by the name of Sister Sarah. She speaks at our church every year and a half, two years. And went through six years in the Chinese prison. It, it, I won't mm. even get into the details. But why does she have so much joy than most American Christians? I mean, it's like, you're right. You have it's sometimes It's that the refiner's fire, you know, that really pushes you closer to the cross, you know, the more you go through. You know, and we you don't want to, to go through yourself. it. But... You, Absolutely. You know, you're, you'll watch a family that lost a loved one, maybe lost a child mm-hmm. and a, to cancer, Ooh. and your heart's breaking. You're thinking, well, you prayed that you weren't healed. And although they're grieving, there's a massive hole in their hearts. Yeah. God's grace is there in ways they're just saying yes. he's so close to us. You think, wow, yep. you're going through it. You get the grace when you go through it. Exactly. And, and, Amen. and that's the Amen. thing. You say, wow, that seems scary. Nothing scary 
if you're walking with the Lord, because he's right. with us right through the sixth, the sin yeah. of it. And it will not only be a time of satanic activity, but the greatest time of divine activity and outpouring that the world has mm-hmm. ever seen. God will stretch out his hand in ways we've never seen and when act decisively in the midst of it. And again, if folks differ, Amen. can we agree Amen. that we can love Jesus, reach the lost, urge people to be, be ready to meet the Lord, whatever that means, and tell people he's with us no matter what? Can we do that? And if you think I'm wrong, that's fine. Doesn't insult me. Doesn't make me feel bad. When I have people mm-hmm. tell me I'm not saved and I'm no. a child of the devil because I differ, I say to them, you know, maybe you're holding on to this a little too tight. So people can all differ with me, tell me yes. they think the book's terrible. Good, no problem. I'm not upset. If what we said or I said really gets people worked up, ask yourself, is it because we, we touch mm-hmm. something that's really not with the foundation of God? And that's why it's bothering you. Otherwise, right. hey, we differ. We love Jesus. We love one another. I honor and respect those who differ here. Let's go get the Great Commission done. Amen. 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 I think we lost your video, but we have your audio. And the best place for people to find you is AskDrBrown.org. 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 Or they can download the app, AskDrBrownMinistries. AskDrBrownMinistries. Hey, yes. gotta run. God bless, man. Ministries. All right. Thank you. Thank Talk you. to you later. Thank you, Dr. Brown. And then For those of you still listening, the book is uh, Not Afraid of the Antichrist. I purchased it on Amazon. Uh, Just a great read. And I think it's important to read. That's why I read Sam Storms' book on amillennialism, Kingdom Come. Uh, Man, what just great men of God and how they think. It's just I just so respect that. And then I've read Dr. Brown's book. And then I'll be reading uh, Jeff Wickwire, Pastor Dr. Jeff Wickwire. I'm going to have him on as well. He wrote a book on Revelation. And he is pre- um, he, he, he believes in pre-tribulation dispensationalism and just his thoughts. And man, I just, just really respect these guys. So that's why I don't divide over it. Um, and I did ask Pastor Jeff, you know, I said, um, can you say for certain, you know, that all these things are going to happen the way that predispensationals believe or, uh, or pre, uh, you know, pre-tribulation? He's absolutely not. No one can say that. And I think Dr. Brown would say the same thing. Sam Storm would say the same thing. We don't, we don't know exactly, you know, how it's all going to play out. And that's why there are different views on that. So anyway, hope this episode of Idleman Unplugged was helpful. And, uh, if you need anything, leave us, um, well, I don't know if there'll be, uh, comments available on the different social platforms, but you can obviously contact us at Shane shaneidleman.com shaneidleman.com or the church is actually the best place is to cost contact us directly at westsidechristianfellowship.org again that's westsidechristianfellowship.org thank you if you've enjoyed this episode of idleman unplugged be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. 
cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.